Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Today I want to talk about what happens beyond success. Not some self-help remedial kind of stuff like, you know, how to get better, but what happens after you're successful, after you've reached a lot of your aspirations. You know, I ask people, who do you want to be next year? And they inevitably tell me what they want to be doing. It's the answer to a different question, though. A lot of times we meet people and we say, hey, how are you? And we don't really care. You know, I've got a scratched elbow. I have gallbladder surgery. We don't care. How are you? But how often do we ask, how am I? So who do you want to be next year? And how are you means how am I when you start looking at your own future. I found that people who are really motivated are driven to go above and beyond. You know, they're trusted by others. They have great confidence in their own abilities. They think about possibilities. They tend to be extremely satisfied with their lives, but also aspiring to be better and better in many aspects of their lives. They're more likely to receive a raise if they're working in an organization or to be successful as an entrepreneur. Confucius, the legendary Confucius said, the will to win, the desire to succeed, the urge to reach your full potential, these are the keys that will unlock the door to personal excellence. So how much does that sound like you? Here are some keys to um, extraordinary people traits of extraordinary people. No, number one I've found is that they're internally motivated. You know, motivation's basically intrinsic, but I mean, they're not really driven by, by money or by what others are doing. They resist normative pressure. They don't assign metrics based on what others are doing. They're resilient. They bounce back and they learn when they bounce back. And they are re-energizing. They're constantly reinventing themselves. Number two is they don't waste time judging others. They have their own internal metrics that they use for themselves. They're comfortable with diversity. They're comfortable with others' choices. They build on others' experiences, good and bad. You learn from the good, you learn from the bad. But they don't sit around just judging other people. You know, nobody has built statues to critics in the parks. The statues they haven't torn down are to heroes. Number three is they have true humility. Now, humility to me is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking more of other people. And we often confuse what humility is. And by humility, I mean they'll exhibit vulnerability. They'll allow themselves to open up and show that um, they've made mistakes, get feedback. They understand the value of listening to other people whom they respect. But they never demean themselves. Humility is not demeaning yourself. It's appreciating who you are. Number four is that they look at the upside. They look at the upside and downside. I call it risk-reward. Uh, Talib calls it an anti-fragile upside-downside. And they take prudent risks. There's nothing to be gained in life without some kind of risk. And they expect errors and they expect mistakes and they assimilate them. They, they uh, incorporate the learning and they move on. Number five is they are authentic. And by that I mean they practice tough love. I've heard a lot of speakers talk about authentic who weren't themselves authentic, by the way. But, you know, there's empathy and sympathy and uh, empathy is understanding how another person feels. Sympathy is feeling sorry for them. I define tough love as empathy without the sympathy. And sometimes you have to tell people some tough news, but it helps them to grow. Lying to them that they're doing well when they're not doesn't help anyone. So being authentic, you don't care about likes. You don't care about smile sheets. You don't care about audience ratings. And authenticity means they accept only limited feedback. They accept limited feedback, that is, they want feedback from people they respect and they ask. They're not interested in random feedback, which is really for the sender. Number six is they push well beyond their comfort zone. 
They don't sit back and get fat and complacent. They provide themselves with the freedom to fail. And the only way to get out of your comfort zone is to realize there's a chance of failing and that's okay. They expand their comfort zones, you know? They eat uni. They don't refuse to eat something that they've never tasted. They ride the roller coaster. You might find out you don't like uni and you might find out the roller coaster is a bore, but you try it first. And they engage in activities where others are better than they. They don't have to be the best. They learn from others or they just enjoy what they're doing. Number seven is they continue to learn. These people change beliefs when appropriate. They understand they might be wrong about something. They are continually coached and advised. You look at all the brilliant athletes or entertainers or business people or even the best politicians, if that's not an oxymoron, they all have coaches. And they adjust their own futures. They don't sit back and say, this is the way I'll be for 20 years. Number eight is they know what they need. You know, they feel that anything is possible and here's what I need to get there. They go beyond want to real need. That is, they ask why. Why are we doing this? Why am I interested in this? Why do I want to go there? They don't need an in crowd to do that. They have coaches, but they don't need the in crowd, the normative pressure I talked about earlier. And they jettison what they don't need. They don't hang on to things like pets. I don't mean that they have pets. I mean they don't hang on to habits and material things like their pets. They can get rid of things. Number nine is they don't give up. It's an aspect of resilience, perhaps. What I'm talking about here may take a while, but they get vital things done. They stick with it. They never quit. They get help if they can't do it alone. There's the coaching again. And they help others get it done. You learn more when you're coaching others, in many cases, than when you're coached yourself. Number 10 is they don't blame others. They take accountability. One of the biggest problems today is people don't take accountability. It was her fault. He made me do it. The devil made me do it. And they find cause, not blame. They don't try to hold up a scapegoat and walk away as if the problem is then solved. They figure out their own solutions. Number 11 is they take time for themselves. They have joyous personal endeavors. They have hobbies. They have interests. They have positive family and life relationships. And they don't feel guilty engaging that way. You can't guilt them. And they don't guilt themselves. And finally, number 12, they surround themselves with the same kinds of people. They're always trying to find stronger examples. Their peers keep increasing and their peers become more and more formidable as they themselves grow. And they can count on their close advisors. So these are 12 traits that I've isolated and I guess I could come up with 12 more, but I think they're the most important in terms of thinking about what happens beyond success. How do you run your life beyond the midlife crisis? What happens next? So ask yourself, next year, who do I want to be? And right now, how am I? If you're not doing that, you're not plotting any kind of future. And that is the uncomfortable truth.